fueled tonight by the, the power of pure caffeine. Welcome to Hand of Pot. speedy recording and so Dan's um, given us all a, a double strong ristretto because uh, English Dan has, has got a, a hot date afterwards by the time it goes online he'll be able to tell everybody on Twitter how it's gone so good luck with that um, English Dan is here with us I don't know why I share things and may now not want to, <laughs> to say anything this week now I've given him that intro um, Australian Dan as ever we are in his, his place so say hello hello um, Sever for a record breaking third consecutive week in 2012 is back with us I want to help you in the running so in, in spite of the fact that both of the clubs lost this weekend um, something we'll be getting on to later on uh, actually that seems like as good a place as any to start to be honest after Racing's two consecutive 3-0 league victories, they've now can recorded a third straight 3-0 result, um, but they were on the wrong end of it this week. I have to say I was glad I didn't go with Australian down to the stadium, because although I have a little bit of a soft spot for Racing, it was impossible not to burst out laughing with <laughs> A, the first goal, and B, the series of penalties, which we're going to get onto in a minute. Um, Seba, you were watching as I was from from home on the TV. I assume. I wasn't. I wasn't home. I was actually. I went to course, Brazil yeah. and back. Uh, See, this was a very subtle intro, so that you can tell us. What no, I won't. I won't tell you. I won't tell you. You will find out uh, when the right time comes. But I was actually coming back from Brazil, and I got to to go online just before boarding the plane, and and I got to. Find, uh, well, I found the link one minute into the game, and it was already one nil down. And for well, they have they have been for 51 seconds already because it was the fastest goal this century. Nine seconds, it, it, it was only yeah. took two eight seconds. Nine seconds, it was incredible. Yeah. I think both of these two were out the game, and I think they both missed it as well, didn't they? Yeah, I was kind of I don't know looking somewhere else, and I was with a group of people, and nobody really saw it. We were all just kind of saying, "What the hell happened?" And uh, I was right beside the. Uh, the away fans and it took them about two seconds to realise what had happened before they started going <laughs> ballistic so it was pretty bizarre well I was actually watching quite intently but of course we were behind the other goal so you can't see <clears throat> you can't really see that much at the best of times of kind of the opposing net so it's kind of you know after two two straight league wins and everyone was happy there was a lot of noise a lot of um, a lot of joy in the stands and then yeah it took exactly mm. eight seconds to go it was joy followed by what, what happened there? <laughs> and then, oh shit, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> and and it was, it really was a long, long game. And don't forget, there was a midweek Copa Argentina match and Racing scored three that, yeah, that day yeah, too. So nine goals in three uh, matches coming into this home yeah. game against Union. And it, I, I think it was probably the, the, the launching platform for a title challenge for yeah. Racing, if there ever was going to be one. But it, it didn't happen. Yeah. So With uh, that in mind, I think you've got a question what Vasily was thinking because we've talked in previous weeks about how he didn't have Gio Moreno available and he didn't have Toranzo available and it seemed to have done the team a favour because the team looked a lot more mobile, they looked a lot more um, direct going forward, a lot with a lot more danger. 
then this week these two were fit and there was a lot of talk in the week about how Santander the Paraguayan forward had the flu and how Zuccolini was going to be tired from playing the week even though he's 18 years old and 18 years old 18 year olds don't ever get tired uh, there's an issue with his uncle with one of his uncles but yeah so um, yeah the upshot was basically um, Gio Moreno and Taranza came straight in and we saw exactly what we'd seen for the first four games of the season which was mm-hmm. basically yeah but to be fair any, any scheme any tactical any tactical plan you have any formation will go to well, will be destroyed if you concede such an early goal of course if you have to have that it was a free exactly. goal basically yeah. the goal was uh, two Racing defenders and Saka running into each other yeah and some and accounts have seen, yeah some accounts have given it to Diego Jara some which I think are probably more accurate have given it to Matias Martinez as an own goal and yeah, after that we were. You know, still, guys, I mean, yeah, obviously being a goal down doesn't help at all. But still, guys like Moreno and Toranzo are supposed to be there to unlock the defense, yeah. and yeah. they just no, didn't even look like doing it. Yeah, the pressure will mount. Yeah, it will be yeah. very difficult. But I think the, the the thing I would like to highlight about this game is that there was there were actually four penalty kicks missed, and it was actually two. The referee only gave two penalties, yeah. one for each team, and they missed the they, they missed it. It was. Uh, uh, the ref ordered uh, yeah. re-kick and they missed it again so the, the first one of these was uh, awarded to Union about three minutes before half time Paolo Rosales picked the ball up the, the Union sort of playmaker come forward and um, starts to put it down on the spot at which point he gets a tap on the shoulder from Enrique Bologna who is Union's goalkeeper yeah. and this started to insist I want to take this penalty we're 2-0 up it was right before half time. I'm, I'm going to take this just for a change. Bologna, I think, used to take them for one of his old clubs. Yeah, the funny thing was actually that is um, in that game, it took his title of missed penalties against Racing up to three. <laughs> because in the first game in Santa Fe, he missed it but was able to uh, to slam in the rebound. Yeah, but in this oh, game, yeah, that, yeah. yeah um, in this game, he Saka f- saved the first one, but I believe it was because he crept off his line. No, no, he was because the players in cross. I was in invasion. Yeah, yeah invasion. And, and then the second, the second attempt, he sent it to Ooh. second tier. Yeah. And after having, you know, Rosales was so angry about it that he actually looked towards the bench and sort of indicated that he wanted to be substituted because if not, he was going to lamp his own goalkeeper or something. He was, I wish you'd so really annoyed me in that game. After this had happened, <laughs> really Bologna annoying. proceeded to to balls it up not once but twice. Yeah. Um, and then exactly the same thing happened in front of the same goal you're in the second half with a slightly more experienced penalty taker somebody you wouldn't necessarily put your money on to miss who was well he has missed a couple to be fair see he has he has (laughs) missed a couple and then when he uh, another curious case involving the goalkeeper happened in in that moment because when he was I saw this afterwards because I was already uh, on the plane and I wasn't watching I found out about the result (laughs) when I was home Um, but when he when Teo misses the first attempt, the assistant coach of Basile, Panadero Diaz, the uh, Baker days, yeah. <laughs> as we like to call it, yeah. yeah, Baker days, uh, he actually told Saha, the goalkeeper, mm. to go there and take it and take the penalty. And Saha said, no, it's Teo's responsibility. No, you're allowed to. T- to change the taker in between yeah. the first one and the retake yeah, yeah, yeah. Of oh, okay. it's like a, any free kick any right. regular free kick so yeah that's it that's, I don't think Racing deserve uh, they deserve uh, us to be talking a lot about them because actually yeah. well, they're, they're so um, yeah, 
I think the one thing you could probably say about Racing from this weekend and this will lead us nicely on to the rest of the league is that you know in terms of the you know tiny infinitesimal chance Racing would have of finishing champions that defeat wouldn't have affected it too much because there was a lot of defeats and draws over the weekend about in all the top teams who were changing for the title at this early stage hmm. with the big winners of course being Estudiantes Mm. Um, before we get on to Estudiantes we'll talk about the other Avesaneda side who were also on the end of a 3-0 reversed uh, Colón beat Independiente 3-0 in Santa Fe and it really does seem like Colón's home form is finally coming back now they've I think won two and drawn one they might have won two and lost one of their three home games so far um, I think they lost against Newell's right at home you're right yeah they did like 3-0 yeah, yeah they, apart from that yeah they've been, week or something. it's been a slight improvement um and it's really and, and bizarrely they now they now appear to be pretty crap away from home, yeah. whereas for the last two years it's been exactly the opposite. They they can't buy a win at home and they've been winning everything away. Um, so it looks kind of like the you know the the revival in Abeshaneda. And now that we're saying that it's over again, they're going to of course win both games five nil this weekend coming. Um, it's nice that they're at least matching up their results, kind of thing. Sort of. Yeah, they, yeah, they've just been matching each other all the way so far. I think Racing have got a couple more draws, so they're on top. But yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, now uh, we are we are starting to get the answers with, to the questions we had uh, when they decided to go full time with uh, Christian Diaz as manager, and he won a couple on the trot, and now they were really outplayed by Colón. They had no chance uh, in that game. It could be a fluke result, but I don't think it's that's the case. And now there are voices of concern, and also it's important to note that. During the week, uh, before this uh, Colón Independiente match, uh, there were a couple of um, figures revealed uh, by the club, and they own uh, something in the region of 300 million pesos, which is ar- around 90 million dollars, which is a lot for a club in Argentina. Uh, it could be more than 90 million dollars. I think it's not so less. Less, yeah. Yeah. It's probably about sixty seventy million dollars around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because about seventy, maybe seventy-two. Oh, I've got my phone switched off. I think English dance. But to 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 get that uh, that sum, Independiente really will really struggle, and it's worth it's worth uh, noticing that uh, or noting that this is the. the debt that they have, but uh, they also have some properties. And I mean, yeah. they could cancel this, but in order to do that, yeah. if they had to, for example, they would uh, have to sell the, the, the stadium or the training complex in Trinidad Dominica is probably the most. And all the players, you know, yeah. it's, if it if, if this was a company and this was ruled uh, as a company, they could have gone bust. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it looks like from what the papers have been saying this week, you know, obviously you got to give it a take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt because clarimiente but it looks like there'll be four players leaving in the winter which will be uh, Pato Rodriguez uh, Julian Velasquez and two of their three keepers hmm. because well to be fair they could do about yeah, three top class keepers because it's just ridiculous yeah. uh, how much do you think they're, they're going to end up getting for Pato Rodriguez I think 10 million euros would be a uh, brilliant piece of business for him. He he he's he's by far the most saleable of, yeah. of the players they're putting up, but the problem he's got is his injuries. I, I don't, don't think, think he's worth that much. Yeah, I don't no, think he's worth that much. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, eight. 
Okay. Because but first they said he was going to Manchester United for that for yeah. that number. Then they say he was almost a done deal to go to Gremio in Brazil mm. for six million dollars, not euros. And I think that's closer figure yeah. to his. Although most likely, if he went to Gremio, really that would be for a percentage, I imagine, and not for the whole mm. the whole transfer. Right? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think so. It's six million dollars. Mm. It's a fair price for yeah. for a player like that because he's. He has ability, but he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't played consistently. No. Exactly, I think well enough yeah. during a long, a long time. I think that's the thing you can definitely say about Pato. He's had maybe you can point to 10, 15 games for Independiente in the three years he's been a starter, which have just been outstanding. You you can put them in on YouTube, and you'll probably see a, mm-hmm. a five-minute highlight video, which would knock his socks off. The problem is that. He's never sustained it for even half a season, let alone a whole season, because yeah. of injuries, because of maybe the failings of players around him, and maybe because he's just not a player who can you can yeah. turn it in week yeah. and week out. He's got some reputation, and actually Twitter is a good place for this because you you hear uh, people from different backgrounds coming together to talk about the same thing, and the fame, the reputation that Patito Rodriguez has is that he's a summer friendly kind of player. Yeah. He, if it's in this, if it's in January and Independiente play Boca, he was he's gonna have a great game. He'll probably score two, and then they say uh, Independiente fans say. Say we wish he could play like that during yeah. the winter as well. Yeah. He could play like that during the, the season, the actual season, and it's, it's going to take a while for him to to shake to shake up that image yeah. uh, people and that perception perception people has on him. But what do you think I see a lot of potential yeah. him, uh, in him, and if if he can be coached uh, by a good manager in Europe, he, he he could have a future, a decent future in Europe. But I don't see him in the top top no. uh, team. And what would you say about Velasquez? Because I'd say for someone from Europe looking at a player, then hmm. you get a better money's worth than with Rodriguez at this point. Yeah, yeah very he's, good defender. Yeah, he's good. He's one of the best uh, young defenders in the country, in my opinion. And there is there is talking, there is some talk about him yeah. moving. And I think if you ask me, if I was running a club in Europe, I would pay more for him than for mm. Patito. Rodriguez, but the laws of the world, the market, how how the market goes is you always play more for the flashy player and and the one who plays up front. But if I, if if it was up to me, if it was if it was my money, I would I would buy Velasquez, especially because I would take Velasquez away from Independiente yeah. <laughs> as well as to keep busy and keep Patito there. Velasquez is the is left back, right? He's, he's one of the centre back. Centre back. Yeah. No, there is a, there's a couple of Velasquez. Yeah. Was, that's the former Lanús player. Yeah. There are two. Um, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Julian Velasquez. No, Julian Velasquez. Maxi Velasquez. Maxi Velasquez. Yeah. Excellent. So the the other the results elsewhere. Uh, as English dance already mentioned, Estudiantes in terms of the title race were the really big winners. Um, they're and, now. And the, there is a news. Can I? Can I also say news? Yeah, you big winners. You yeah. definitely could. Yeah, um, the the results of have, have left Estudiantes as the only remaining unbeaten team. Um, they beat Argentinos Juniors two one in La Paternal, a match that myself and Dan were both out at the start and. Uh, just I was there by the end of it uh, it wasn't Dan's personal <laughs> choice to have left halfway through but never mind so that was that was Estudiantes uh, the, the other two remaining unbeaten records fell uh, Tigre lost away to Arsenal de Sarandi thus 
once again getting exactly the same number of points in a weekend as San Lorenzo managed San Lorenzo also lost the day before and Tigre failed again to draw level with them in the relegation standings and of course uh, San Lorenzo lost to Rafaela which means Rafaela leapfrog both Tigre and San Lorenzo and yes, yeah, well, and Tigre fall back into automatic relegation. I think we should talk a little bit more about San Lorenzo later, but yes. just mm-hmm. finish up your point. Then. Um, the other biggest last, though, I guess, last night, uh, Newell's old boys, as Seb has already hinted at, uh, got a win to move them into third or fourth in the table fourth, and fourth. to remove uh, Vélez Sarsfield's unbeaten record as well. They, they won 1-0 with a 90th minute goal from... Uh, Was it... Uh, somebody, Pesher... Yes, that's right. It's the, the law of the X, as they call yeah. it here in, in Argentina. La uh, ley del X. <laughs> and the only, you know what I know? Sorry, I had to. No, but the only the only place where the, the, the law of the X doesn't count is, is when it comes to QPR. Right. We had three Sunderland players. One got a red card, the other two made mistakes for their goals. So QPR, <laughs> they don't know about the, the law of no. the X. But. Can you care to explain what the law of the X is? Yes, it's easy to explain. It would most uh, most readily be translated into what those of us in Britain would call Sod's Law, or in, in the States where it's a little bit politer, you call it Murphy's Law. Um, but you know, it, it, it's when if a if a team comes in with and is playing against a team and one of their players is a former member of that team you can pretty much guarantee that he's going to score even if he never has done before <laughs> yeah. uh, and of course Seba and English Dan know about this quite a lot being being harassing fans it seems to happen to you guys even more than yeah, we invented anyone else we pretty yeah <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah. um, it doesn't happen for ex-players that they're in racing now exactly yeah. <laughs> and, and the other um, big result in terms of the title race at least over the weekend of course was Boca Juniors mm. throwing away a 2-0 lead against Lanús uh, with there were th- three of the goals in that match scored in the space of about three minutes right before half time uh, Boca went 1-0 up through a complete miss hit from Pablo Moche which then who, got who typically acclaimed as a brilliant goal yeah and who typically today is, is given an interview comparing himself to Lionel Messi for having hit it he said yeah he, he scored one like, like that against Valencia just a couple of weeks ago and now I've, I've done it so he said it, it, it was a venomous cross just as one of yeah, those Messi right. sends oh, and I said oh come on don't compare yourself with Messi that's the only um, thing you needed Juan Roman Riquelme then scored about a minute later one which could have been an absolute golasso had he hit it first time because Santiago mm. Silva just back heeled it over mm. somebody's head to Riquelme yeah. still um, very nicely taken it, 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 yeah. it was well finished in the end deflection it was like a pinball this was in like minutes 41 and 42 and then Mariano Pavone pulled it back to 2-1 for Lanus in minute 44 which I guess and Pavone well, got yeah. equalised about 10 minutes into the second half um, which means that Boca have lost a little bit of ground and Lanus have got an encouraging result I guess to take into they play the Libertadores next week yeah they, they stopped the run of four consecutive mm-hmm. defeats yeah. and they did it at La Bombonera so and they did and they played well I think they were good yeah. for the draw yeah well, no, I wanted to make that two games in a row or not next time I don't know English Dan you were going to say something a second ago I was just going to say it was nothing really just playing in with what we were talking about with the La Ley de Lex mm. it's got we sort of saw the super classical version of that on, yeah. on Sunday with Pavoni scoring because mm. yeah. yeah basically any any ex river player who scores at the Bombonero is yeah it's basically counted as an ex goal as well and, and it will um, it, it was obviously slightly more exaggerated being Pavone one of the strikers who was part of River's relegated yeah. side last year mm-hmm. uh, Boca were were getting out the the very familiar chant uh, Vosos de la B 
yeah. which is something that well River fans always used to chant it to any side who'd ever been in the second division when they go to the Monumental Boca fans do the same Independiente fans do it as well because those before last year were the three clubs who'd never been relegated um and whether Rivers fans are all doing it at every match mm. they go to now, I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't entirely surprise me. And they, they were chanting this at Pavone, who then obviously celebrated his goal very And also Pavone, Pavone has previous with Boca because in 2006 he scored a championship winning goal against Boca for Estudiantes. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it was a, like a playoff. They, they, yeah. they play at Vélez and Boca were one up, one nil up, and then, well, Sosa scored and then. Because Sosa was good, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he could that. still be, and uh, and then Pavone scored the, the winning goal, and it was uh, it's still a tough memory for Boca fans because they 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 threw away a ten mm. point lead yeah. like with six weeks weeks yeah. to go in the in the season, and well, was, they were famously six points up with two games to play, and they mm. managed to lose or, or five with two games to play, and the Studiantes managed to pull it back level somehow. With uh, one of those, I remember the, the very first goal of that Estudiantes run when they were one 0 down, and Pablo Piatti came on as a substitute and scored his first goal for them mm. uh, with with a header. Mm. <laughs> if anybody watches Pablo Piatti in, in the Spanish league now, you might be surprised to hear that because he's about four foot five. Um, <laughs> other results at the weekend, guys, that caught our attention apart from the, the main ones in the title. No, we, we, what I said before that we should dedicate a little bit of time to San Lorenzo. Mm. We we mentioned already the result, but I wanted to to talk to you about uh, those two penalties they didn't give San Lorenzo and it's the second the second week in a row they are really and visibly screwed by the referee and, and you wonder whether there's an agenda against them whether it's just uh, coincidence but they were one nil up and there were two absolutely clear penalties uh, against San Lorenzo players and the ref play, were played on and well yeah played didn't blow the whistle. Didn't blow the whistle, and and then Rafaela scored two. Nothing. San Lorenzo have nothing to complain about those two goals, and, and their defense was terrible, especially especially in the second goal. But now they're really in danger. Had Tigre had anything, got anything mm. against Arsenal, which had, which they didn't. But only a draw for Tigre would have been enough to see San Lorenzo in automatic relegation. Mm. No, because Tigre would have had two points here if Tigre had drawn. Yeah. Oh, right. well, but Tigre could have pulled level yeah. with them oh, right. with a win. You're right, um, yeah. and the pressure still very much on San Lorenzo in terms of that. Yeah, and now they play Vélez mm. at home yeah. without without uh, without a crowd. They they're not allowed to to get in. That was a decision uh, that we heard earlier today before recording. Which we were talking about last week. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, following the, the San Lorenzo fans, uh, not not hooligans, but fans getting into an area of the stadium where, in fact, they were allowed to be. One of our listeners, um, Argen Previews uh, on Twitter, was he's a San Lorenzo member um, and was telling me after the game that the, the press misreported it quite a bit. It was a bunch of fans in the section of the stadium that they had a right to be in because they were members yeah. and their members have access to that um, and they were just milling around after the game obviously very angry with the referee but it wasn't that they were anywhere they shouldn't have been and the police as frequently happens here in all walks of life completely overreacted mm-hmm. um, and the police caused as much of the trouble as it, as it was actually the parking lot or the way to the parking lot and yeah. members they, they had their cars over there yeah. and they, they, as our friend says, they had a, a right to be there. Yeah. They were. It has to be pointed uh, that they were very vocal and very. Yeah. They looked like they wanted to to 
well, they were asking for trouble, some might say. Uh, but then, after Rafaela San Lorenzo, there was another incident, and this time involving San Lorenzo players. They got off the bus, or they were mm. trying to get uh, on the bus, yeah. and they was, were insulted um, by a Rafaela fans. Yeah, it was Carlos Bueno, I believe, the, oh. the Uruguayan forward, who Charles scored good. the gun. Charles Good, yeah, not, Surprise, not living up to his name. He decided... After these uh, Rafaela fans had kind of gathered around the bus and started insulting and maybe throwing things, I don't know, he decided to single-handedly take them on, and the rest of the team went down kind of in solidarity, and it all started again. Can we impose the term thermos or something equivalent of the word, the in Spanish word thermo? Introduce. Yeah. What? No. Introduce. Introduce. Uh, well, not impose, yeah, but... Yeah, what I mean is, can we make it fashionable? Uh, I, I think we should. Let, let's explain it slightly. It's a phrase yeah, that uh, Diego it's Maradona beautiful. loves uh, using. And if you've read Maradona's autobiography in English, you'll find that Marcelo Mori Araujo, uh, who, who's the translator, um, who, who may be listening, I, I know that she follows a couple of us on Twitter, I don't know whether she listens to, to Handapod, um, no, chose no. To, to translate it word for word, that, that phrase, because he uses it a lot in his autobiography. <laughs> and it translates literally as thermos head or flask thermos. head. Yeah, flask. Um, flask. He uses it for somebody who's who's a bit sort of slow on the uptake or whatever. And so it'll be something like, like, oh, like, like yeah, someone, okay. someone who will react uh, and he will be over the top in his reaction and. Totally out of order, and and he, he often they had like a short fuse, with, you know. They, the they call it yeah, yeah, short fuse. Yeah. Yeah. He, he often doubles it up with this phrase: "Se la escapó la tortuga." <laughs> the, he, he let the tortoise get away from him uh, <laughs> when he wants to say this. This is a great phrase. Yeah, it's a brilliant phrase. So, if if we call somebody a, a thermos head on handapod, yeah, future that would be Carlos Bueno is a definition of that, and Teo Gutierrez is another definition of that. Pablo Miguel, there are many. They're 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 a funny bunch, and they're they're more every. So, yeah, I want, I, want, I, want, I want people listening to us and I want English-speaking right. uh, fans of Argentine yeah. football to, to get familiar with that. On the day that this, this phrase enters the Oxford English Dictionary, we expect Hunderford to be cited in it. Exactly. Yeah, and, and we can probably start talking about thermos, uh, thermos uh, in the English Premier League, like Lee Cattermole <laughs> yeah. and Joey Barton, of course. She, I yeah. think Joey Barton is the, the best the example English ever. Because yeah. he's also a term on Twitter yeah. as well so uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I just wanted to make the Beautiful point concept. <laughs> I think it's just incredible when you know the few months we've had of 2012 just how much drama San Lorenzo have been through like you know taking aside their pretty shoddy form on the pitch for me it just looks like you know the worst telenovela writer in the world can have come up <laughs> with a better script I mean we've had young players being stabbed by martial artists we've had eye gouging we've had you know fans barracking referees and then getting the, the stadium suspended players coming off the bus to fight other fans and, and all of this goal scored yeah, I think when even the flag, on, was, yeah. when the flag was up and yeah. the goal was scored yeah. even on Sunday when San Lorenzo weren't playing they managed to get in the news again because um Pablo Migliori's brother got shot in the leg <laughs> in, a, in a car park in Boca because there was a fight between the um it was his brother. Yeah, I yeah, heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I heard about it. It's incredible. It was his brother. It was basically <laughs> a um, a fight between La Doce and the uh, Trapitos, like the guys who park the cars. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. La Doce is, of course, the La Barra, Boca, Boca, Boca Bravas, the hooligans. And yeah, Miliori's brother, I think, who has always kind of been suspected, he's he's connected with the Barra. He was there. You know, he'd, no one's saying he is or not. <laughs> he managed. Yeah, he managed to take a slug in the leg from a. <laughs> 
my car parkery was driving past and I made to like and Migliore saved it yeah Migliore just jumped across you know it's the first thing that uh, San Lorenzo keepers saved all, all, week, all um, season but it's I just remember uh, yeah. they started the year by going to AFA ask to for the promedios yeah. the, the point at the well the point the point average system to be yeah. Uh, yeah. and I've also seen the French supermarket start building again on their old stadium yeah. they've had much it's yeah I think well, they well, need one thing they've been another. campaigning to, yes. to get that man back <laughs> yeah. as well you know off, off the pitch yeah. been, I think they need to, to they need Viggo Mortensen to come with an army that's all it's lacking yeah yeah, yeah. with um, Tinelli and his dancers in yeah. the background yeah. <laughs> and they saw it and now it's Vélez next so and now it's okay yeah, yeah. There, well, there is always a match with a nice yeah. relaxed atmosphere around it yeah. even yeah. though I think, it's not yeah. well I think the only logical step is that the apocalypse is going to come mm. <laughs> And can I say that none of the five grandes, none of the five big clubs won this weekend and that, that will lead you into uh, uh, some comments f about River Plate, how they... Oh, you're right, they, yeah. They I, played I, to I, a nil nil draw against Gymnasium. I, when you said it, I was, I was trying to remember what their score was um, and I, in fact I only had half an hour of the game. Um, they drew nil nil with Gymnasia La Plata in El Bosque, Gymnasia's own stadium not in the uh, Estadio Unico de la Plata mm -hmm. uh, which is the municipal ground where they play some of their home matches not as many as the city antes do um, and yeah the, this result basically as I say I only had half an hour on the game so I won't comment on the match itself too much but the result means that River the only match they played and won against other teams in the top half of the second division was the previous game against Team Nasi in the first half of the season at, yeah. at the Monumental no that's um, the home match against Team uh, Nasi whichever ground it was at um, they've, they've won one lost one I can't remember who that one was against uh, and drawn all of their other matches so far against teams in the top half of the second division uh, Instituto won the following day to meaning the Instituto are now three points clear yeah. of River with a hat-trick from Paulo Dybala yeah we, yes. have, we have to ask Dan about Paulo Dybala he knows yeah. he's the one who knows more about him yeah. uh, of, of all of us in the, yes. on this table no no and we talked about him a few weeks ago right and, yeah. uh, no, and I was watching that game and yeah, last week I think yeah maybe even last week and again he's he's probably added two million dollars to his price tag mm. with a, a lovely hat-trick yeah. Mm. yeah and I also heard uh, last night uh, Alejandro Sabela was yeah. talking to ESP uh, in Argentina and as always it's a pleasure listening to this guy and, and he yeah, I was just seeing some of the comments before I didn't yeah. see the interview but again yeah, yeah it's, it's a, such a breath of, of fresh air for me uh, after having a succession of terrible managers w with Argentina and they asked him about Dybala whether he will stand the chance uh, to play with him and he said well you know we have, we have a lot of options up front we have uh, the best player in the world we have Agüero we have Iguain we have Di Maria it's going to be tough but we are watching him and we know what, what, he, what he is capable of and we'll keep an eye on him and that will that will be such a boost for this young kid yeah. he's actually responded since then he was he was very grateful for the comments and he said you know my dream's just to play with Messi of course and yeah, he spoke about how his, his idol exactly. is Messi. And, yeah. whether, uh, whether it's a training session, a hotel, uh, you know, a squad dinner, he just, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what he's aiming for. And, and there are other, I want to How old, how old, how old is 18, 18. 18, so he's, he's got to be playing for the yeah. under 20s. So today, actually, he shares my birthday. Oh, good. Yeah. So you're also 20. 
I'm also 18 yet. Yeah, <laughs> 18, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take 20. I'll, if you want to call me 20, then I'm, I'm happy. With just that, like comparing him to, well, not comparing him to Messi. We won't do that to him. But uh, just the way he, I was just thinking the way he, he was finishing these these goals on the weekend is that he's got that similar technique of Messi where he doesn't even seem to be having a taking a back lift or anything before the goalkeeper can move. The ball's only in the back of the net. So, so you are comparing him to Messi, really. Comparing <laughs> his shot-taking technique to Messi, okay. yes. Um, I, I wonder whether we could ask Seba to to compare it, because this is something we, we, we're going to talk about briefly last week, and we ended up running out of time. Um, but there, there are some kids, you know, around Dybala's age, uh, playing for the Argentina under-17s team, with very famous surnames, right? Mm. And um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but there, there's a Palermo who's been mm-hmm. called up recently there's, there's a there's a Simeone, a Simeone. Yeah. Um, I, got to, I got to see Simeone during the week as well at the, at the River Training Ground yeah. Um, yeah he's also looking very good he's, he's kind of a he's a forward like, or more like a second striker it's mm. almost a similar position to Dybala actually where he's kind of a lot of the time he's playing that last touch or he can you know, he's got a good shot on yeah, goal as well a very different player to, to his dad I think yes. he's to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Palermo in question is of course Martin's son uh, Ridwan Ridwan, Ridwan. Ridwan. Yeah, yeah. where does that name come from? is there a mm. no you can't but, sounds but, a little bit Irish Bra- or Brazilian it like could be a Game of Thrones to me <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I, I want and there's to also Kun Agüero's yeah. brother Mauricio del Castillo he doesn't share the same from his father the son of Ozzy Dilas is old next door neighbour or something as well he's, he's calling up everybody this guy is we've complained about him before right Walter Perazzo the, the manager of the Argentina youth side um, and whilst we're all you know very happy and seven more than anybody being the Argentine to finally have Sabella in charge uh, the AFA haven't really got it sorted with regards to the youth division yet, have they? Well, they, they appointed yeah. they, they appointed down to under 17s rather than under 20s, which was something. Yeah. Which of course is much much. Yeah, in a way, could do more damage. Yeah, yeah. No, and they appointed Marcelo Troviani, which to me, I have to say, to me, is he's a question mark. I remember him being on the bench, and he was the one Baldano was running to towards when he scored the second goal against Germany in the final, because they were friends when well. Right. Troviani was there uh, on the bench and, and he left the bench and if you see that that goal again that's the guy <laughs> hugging Baldano right. in celebration but I've never seen him work and to, maybe this is uh, my fault because he has been working but I, I'm not familiar with his, with his work Sabela said he, he was a good choice and he's going to help him um, maybe not the Maybe that was that wasn't his first choice. Maybe he wanted someone else there, and he hinted that on that interview, but he didn't say any names. And then Perasso, uh, rewarded for leaving Argentina out of the Olympics and out of the youth World Cup, um, he he gets the under twenty, the, the under seventeen, and, and I'm not, I'm not happy with that, of course. And uh, we can only hope these kids can learn at their own clubs because they won't be able to learn anything from him. That's um, that's for sure. Well, we're talking about sons and daughters, etc. Mm-hmm. I think it's even confirmed, but like, uh, I think Martin Palermo's daughter is actually dating Dybala now. Which is um, mm. well, that's nice. Mm. Some good footballing genes. Yeah. So she lives in Cordoba? So they're offspring, I don't know. Um, long distance relationship? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We should look into this. Well, he's, you know, he's probably here every second weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah. true. And it's not that far anyway. 
11 hours by coach. Yeah, like young love. Yeah. Young love. Yeah. Wow, love they, knows no boundaries. They fly, they don't go by anything. They must fly. I knew it was quick, but I didn't know you could just take off. <laughs> so... What do you what what do you think? We go for a refill. We go for a refill. Somewhat lost the track. So we're gonna. I'm uh, sorry, I didn't mean to mention uh, that. Uh, (laughs) I think it's nice. I think we should show that us Hanapa people we're romantics as well. We like to. We like to put put that that, put that cosmopolitan away. Get the graphic again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will put down the microphone for a minute, and and we'll do exactly that, or possibly just pour ourselves a glass of water because we've been drinking coffee during this first half, Um, and we'll be back in a short while to talk about uh, something. Something else. We've not really planned this this episode out very well, but anyway, (laughs) stay where you are, listeners. doing something uh, unique in Handelpod history now. <laughs> we, yeah, we hope it's going to be the only time. Uh, if it works well, we might do it again. You never know. We realised during that break that we hadn't asked any questions at all. Uh, we haven't put a request out for any questions on Twitter as we normally do. And so, whilst we've been playing you that lovely music, Australian Dan has just put something on his Twitter appealing for them. So we're having, as, as he mentioned in his tweet, a live question and answer session. We're going to sit here waiting silently <laughs> until something comes in. So uh, insert five minutes of tumbleweed. Brilliant podcasting. Um, yeah, this is, this is how thoroughly we think everything through. In the meantime, guys, while we're waiting for something to pop up, can we think of anything just crap to talk about for a minute? How's the Copa Argentina going for all of you? I well, for Racing it went pretty well in midweek. We had um, the substitutes playing yeah. Patronato. Exactly. They won 3 1. We had to go with Seba's righteous anger after Alfiobo Sile refused to no, but refused to travel. But this is actually a good talking point. It's going to be from now on. Yeah. Because uh, there's a question whether Racing are already out of contention for the Clausura and whether they should concentrate on Copa Argentina. And if you. If you consider that this, the strongest team that they could face up until the quarterfinals oh, would be, we have a question. Is there a better beard in the league than Diego Vichars? That's from the lace boot. Is there a better beard in the league than Diego Vichars? Yeah. No, 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 it's not. The lace set boots mm. with that accent on the eater. Uh, my eyes are better than yours. Yes. Yeah. Now, I think this is, this is something we've touched on in, in previous episodes. I think. I'm trying to think of other beards that. Uh, that could compare. Well, I know, uh, no, Jacob's no. got a, um, a prepubescent beard. Maybe you have to think about players of old, and I think the former Argentina national team manager Sergio Batista yeah. had a proper, that was a good beard, beautiful yeah. Jesus Christ uh, yeah. kind of beard. Possibly the only good thing you could say about him. Yeah. No? I noticed that. Um, no, he was a great. Uh, centre midfielder, yeah. yeah, brilliant, brilliant player. Jordi Dominguez has a bit of a beard going on at the moment, so maybe he's another one. <laughs> Where do you guys see uh, Jonas Gaver, Che Guevara? 
Because that makes more sense in English. Between, between commas. <laughs> it's, uh, between commas, yeah. Between little commas, we could say. Um, between spoon yeah. and commas. He's already right. been linked quite heavily with Inter. some Italian clubs, Inter, and also Milan has come up, and Lazio as well. So I, I can I can really see him in Inter. Yeah, no, I think it's the kind of player Inter would need, you know, someone with a, a little bit of new blood, and we know how fun they are of an, of an Argentina too also yeah, I think yeah, he'd be playing alongside Ricky Alvarez as well if yeah. he went to just have yeah, two exactly. exciting fast Argentine <laughs> yeah. someone was saying during the, during the week that you're yeah, including Zanetti in that I guess of course yeah. <laughs> and Camiosa. Yeah. Uh, someone was saying during the week that they, don't, they think it would be a bad move because it's such a big club and it would be yeah. better but I think like think about how many strikers would be ahead of him even on I mean obviously Nacionale and going to the Serie A is a huge jump but yeah We've seen that he's very talented, and like yeah. he'd probably be like third in the pecking order, something yeah. like that. Mm. But I think from what he was saying today in the interview I read, he's pretty set on well, a of course, um, getting Instituto up back to the Primera, and then it sounds like he wants to get at least a season in the Primera. Yeah, but as, as well, they always say that. I mean, Ocampos has been saying the same thing for a while about yeah. River, and then, then recently he's just almost sort of said, "Well, it looks like I'm gonna probably be leaving soon." Then I think with River, it's always a different case because their finances are always mm. such in a mess. They need to sell these big players these big players I think maybe Instituto I'm, you know, I'm not their accountant so I can answer definitively but I'm guessing you know they've been down in the lower levels um, a little bit longer so probably quite a compact unit they don't yeah, have many outstanding it has to be added as well that uh, given the, the differing size of the clubs Instituto almost certainly haven't been allowed to get into anywhere near as exactly, much debt as yeah. River I know no, he's going to give Instituto a, a loan of 10 million dollars yeah. whereas for River mm-hmm. they, they clearly have been allowed to get that kind of, uh, of loan in, in the last few years so and if you think about Inter uh, just as one of the main I think he's one of the main runners in this yeah definitely it's uh, been the main one I've been talking about yeah if you think about their forwards you can see you can see Diego Forlan is in decline mm. he's well he's, uh, he has fallen out with Ranieri but now Ranieri is out yeah. it's a question mark whether he will be considered by the new manager or not Stramaccioni Stracolursis distant cousin yeah and um, then there's Diego Milito who's also yeah. in the final years of his career um, Pazzini who could be there for, for, yeah. for longer and then I think Dybala is already a better football player than Mauro Zarate for yeah. example yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't need any well he doesn't need much uh, I think, to be better than yeah. Zarate <laughs> I think from my point of view what would be very interesting is one of the rumours that's going around following Ranieri's uh, resignation or sacking however you want to say is that um, Marcelo Bielsa has been been linked with the job at Inter and I would love to see someone like Dybala like a young fast you know very um, multi-talented young player play under someone like Bielsa and fit into a system like that you know with his high pressing and whatnot. it would if Bielsa comes in and obviously it's a big if when you're talking about rumours always and he decides you know he wants to really remodel the team in his own image that that could be a very interesting potential transfer mm-hmm. but I think probably the most likely as I can see it is We'd see a similar, similar situation as what we saw with uh, Franco Vasquez of Belgrano. So he played the first six months in Belgrano, in Belgrano for the Primera, 
in the Primera and then he moved to Palermo. I can see something like that happening with mm-hmm. Ibala if he if Instituto in fact go up. Mm, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd like to see both of these kids, Dybala and also Campos, given at least one short championship. That's assuming the short championships are still happening next year, next season. Um, to you know, in the Primera, just to to see them here as much as anything else. Um, we, we've had two questions as you've yeah. been able to hear while, while Dan was wittering on just there a couple um, more that Tom Robinson okay, I can read it I'm yeah. closer to the computer Tom Robinson Ooh, says who's uh, Tom Robo 89 on Twitter he says uh, in your esteem opinion who has been the standout player of the clausura after the first seven weeks that's a tricky very interesting mm. question wow. mm. I've been really impressed personally he hasn't played every week but when he centred uh, Pablo Ledesma who yeah. came in for Boca from Catania and He's coming off the bench a lot and he's started a couple of games and he's really been a game changer for Boca when he's been on the pitch. So that's definitely, you know, for impact, maybe not for week in, week out performance, but he's definitely definitely caught the eye. I'm going to go with a player that Dan and I saw um, just this weekend, just gone off. I think we saw him anyway, didn't we? In you guess. The, the young midfielder for Argentina, um, who we, I, I'd heard a fair bit about him before we sort of caught him in the flesh and I think when you've seen somebody in the flesh you always get that slightly better sense of how they play compared with watching them on television um, and Argentinos this, this year okay they lost this weekend uh, to Estudiantes but so far this year they, they've looked a lot more functional and a lot more competent than they did for most of 2012, uh, 2011 Um and I think having a player like him at the base of their midfield who really does work hard just to tie everything together um, is is working very well for them. I, I think it's it's really good. And there's also a couple of others coming through for them. Pablo Hernandez, this young attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, Fabian Bodagaray even seems to have, have uh, rediscovered himself slightly after losing his way a little bit at, at River Plate following his transfer there from San Lorenzo. But I, I'm, I'm going to go for Iniguez. Maybe not as, as the kind of outstanding best player in the league so far, but as one of the most promising um, for the future, certainly. Yeah, I will say Paquito Galmarini of Tigre has mm. been he has been excellent. There's quite a few Tigre candidates yeah, actually. Yeah, we could yeah. say Carlos Luna as well, who always mm-hmm. seems to be out there even when Tigre were playing poorly last season. Of course, Diego Morales and Roman Martinez yes, has yeah. had some good games. Yeah, um, I've seen quite a bit of uh, Lanús. And uh, Fritzler has been very good um, mm. in the midfield, and I think Pavoni has has been excellent yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah, and also Farias, worth a mention, yeah. 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 came back to Argentine football, and, mm-hmm. and he's he's been scoring, especially mm-hmm. hat-trick at La Bombonera. Another ex River player <laughs> scored a hat-trick at La Bombonera. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So we've been talking about the. the Lord and then there's a uh, Will Aquino, Aquino Will on Twitter. He says, if the top four English Premier League sides had to do a playoff for the title who would you take he's in the top who would take it <laughs> at the moment it's Man United Man City Chelsea and Arsenal, Arsenal is I it think Arsenal Spurs? third and Spurs fourth oh sorry no. Spurs and yeah, yeah. Chelsea are fifth at the moment aren't they? well let's just go for the the team with the most Argentines it would have to be City obviously <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably go for City in a playoff yeah. situation Sam? Um, yeah, I think so. I wouldn't. I think uh, I just because obviously I'm a Manchester United fan. Um, I, uh, normally, in, in terms of the running at the moment, I, I think United. Are, well, okay, we've got the three-point advantage and a lot more experience in, of doing the running, so I've backed United to actually win it this season. If it was a playoff, 
it would be much more up in the air because that's not something where our experience is going to count for anywhere near as much. Uh, nobody in the Premier League has got experience of playing off the title. <laughs> so I know Will's tricky. a big Arsenal, uh, Arsenal fan, not Arsenal. That's perhaps why he's asking that question. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who would I take. I think I would take United because because of their historical... Uh, knack for winning things and, and doing it well their their clutch ability and I think City Spurs and Arsenal are more um, well known for bottling it uh, <laughs> if I may say so um, yeah they're not they're not up there at the, at the moment of truth and, and United have, have done it in the past I, and I will I will take them uh, I don't know why we're talking about Premier League. <laughs> no, we're just taking the questions as they come. You know, to be fair, we didn't specify that the questions were supposed to be Argentinian football. We specified that it was supposed to be for Hand of Considering most of our listeners are probably based in Europe and England, starting this live chat at gone midnight probably wasn't the best idea. Mm. No, that's very true, of course. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. We haven't come forward in Europe this yeah. weekend, just gone, yeah. Um, I think we had a couple of good questions there. I'm we have, yeah, we'll, those ones, yeah. we'll see if any more pop up, but uh, until then we should probably think of something else to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking actually at, at the clock and thinking it's probably about time for me to play your theme music down and for you to uh, strip down to your underwear and start howling at the moon because uh, it's time for Mystic Down, so don't go away. Just have another question. How far can the Argentine sides go in the Libertadores, and how much? I actually, I actually wanted to, to bring something like that up in next week's podcast uh, when when everybody's got one match to go uh, in the group stage. So we'll if you don't mind, it. Joe Kennedy, we'll we'll yeah. come back to that next week if you remi- remind us sort of next next Monday or Tuesday afternoon. Um, okay, for the moment now we're we're going to head to to Mystic Dan. Um, Who's going to tell us what? Uh, how did you do last week? Uh, I did them right at the time. Yeah. I see you noted down some score lines. Yes. This, okay, this is going to be very interesting. <laughs> Damn, take it away. Okay, Lanús two, Belgrano one, Olimpo one, Banfield nil, Union two, Godoy Cruz nil, Tigre two, Argentinos nil, Independiente nil, Rafael nil, Always one, Arsenal one, San Lorenzo nil, Vélez three. San Martín nil, Colón one, Newells two, Racing one, Estudiantes one, Boca one. Partidazo, the last one there. Yeah, that's um, first versus second, of course, is, is the final game of, of this coming round. Um, interesting, though, because Boca's games this season normally guarantee of lots of goals, and you've only gone for a 1 1. Estudiantes have been quite parsimonious. Parsimonious. I have to agree with News beating Racing, I think. Uh, just based on their form and their superior coach, superior manager right now. Martino, as we predicted, I think we should give ourselves a bit of credit. We saw, <clears throat> yeah. we thought that we'd see an improvement in yours with Martino on the bench. Having said that, we said this at the start of the Apertura as well with uh, Torrente. Uh, sorry, not Torrente, who's the, the man? Torrente is the playmaker. Isn't Torrente. It? <laughs> that was Torrente, yeah. With, with the previous manager and, uh, and that didn't transpire so you know if you keep saying it it'll come true eventually I guess yeah. um. by the way while we are doing this we keep getting questions and this time Stan Leeson asks us about Dybala 
that's, that's the Which only word. Yeah, yeah. He's more popular than Messi now. Yeah, Is Dybala the new Messi or is Messi the, the old Palma Dybala? What did I hear the other day? The new Ocampos. The new Ocampos? <laughs> Already? <laughs> yeah. 17. Ocampos is 17, so, and they were talking about some of these under 15s who, who's under 15 who's just been bought by River, I think, right. and he's the new Ocampos. Oh, <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. It's unbelievable. Excellent. Uh, any any matches apart from Estudiantes Boca that we're really looking forward to as neutrals? This I I want to see San Lorenzo Vélez, of course. Definitely. Uh, that's that to me is the one of the crucial games because he has a saying uh, when it comes to teams fighting for the title like mm-hmm. Vélez and those in relegation like San Lorenzo, and it could be the turning point for for Tigre. And if they beat Argentinos at home, which is at least doable. It's possible. It's yeah, possible. And uh, San Lorenzo lose to mm-hmm. Vélez, then they will overtake him f- for the first time in, I don't know, a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, sure. since the start of the season, and as well, you've got in, uh, Rafaela drawing with Independiente, which I think would have Tigre leapfrogging Rafaela again. I'm not sure. I'd have to get the calculator out to work that out properly, but I think that that's what would happen if these results went the right way. Um, Speaking of calculators. Go on. I heard today before recording that Juan Pablo Varsky he's a well-known journalist and, and well, has a great career so far and he's he's not known for just throwing out gossip and he, he his tweets are serious they all have to be very uh, yeah very on the money uh, if he's going to get any money for them so uh, he said on the radio today and then there were um, websites and, and media companies picking up that story he says that the the, the the league will change its format and again we're talking about this again one more time first it was the 38 match uh, the 38 teams uh, league then it was the super league and uh, one one short season and that will just that will then split up and yeah, possible so ten Premier League style. Uh, yeah, but with a possible ten teams. Yeah, but with a possible ten teams getting relegated yeah. each season. And now what he says, what Juan Pablo Arqui says, sounds promising and sounds something that I, I would really like to see. And he says that it will be a twenty-team league, a long tournament, which means thirty-eight mm-hmm. matches home and away for for everyone. And the promedios, the, the point average system will stay. Only this time, there will be no promotion, no promotion relegation uh, matches. The two worst average uh, point average teams will go down together with the worst team from that season, from, <laughs> from that, the current season. So they will punish the worst team that season, it's, it's and they will punish. Yeah, it is better than one. And, and the, the top flight would be. One long championship. One long championship. Yeah, matches. Yeah, that's it. And Copa yeah. Libertadores qualification will be the champion plus the runner-up, and the leader of the first uh, half of the season. Mm-hmm. With the old opportunity. Yeah, I guess be. that makes as much sense as anything, doesn't it? And together with the champion of Copa Argentina, which will be more important. <laughs> That's at the moment for this year the Copa Argentina winner is going to the Copa Sudamericana yeah. um, that's going to be played in the second half of this year we should say so yeah. that would be an upgrade let's say for the Copa Argentina for next year which would be interesting because as we've hinted already with talking about Racing earlier some of the big tides aren't 
taking it as seriously as they might do. Um, and, you know, the Copa Brasil certainly has been taken much more seriously since the winners of that started to get uh, yeah. a Copa Libertadores entry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that evolves. Or at least sensible plan from our part. Yeah, almost. And Zobarski is saying that this is... What's this happened? is definite, yeah. He says, and before, well, last time they talked about a change in format, um, Barsky said, I wouldn't be so sure, not all the club's presidents want this, mm. and this was the Superliga proposal with this. Yeah. Ten possible relegations, and if and effectively it didn't ha- it, it wasn't well accepted by uh, the club's president uh, at the AFA. So this time he says, "Let's wait and see." This is what I think it will happen. So uh, that's that's what what's what could happen, and I think yeah. I think it was worth it uh, to to mention it. Mm. <laughs> And just as Sebas finishes making that, we've had a question, probably already been discussed, but interested in this 38-game season structure. Details? Who proposed it? Who's pushing it? Um, Put from Brendan. Yeah, and those two questions, uh, who proposed it and who's who's pushing it, I really don't have the the answer to that. Barsky, actually, he he writes columns for La Nación, and he he has been really active in this, um, and he actually wrote down a plan for a complete... Mm-hmm. Overhaul in the league system, and, yeah. and it was a Last bit week, complicated yeah. to understand. And I, this was, yeah, perhaps yeah, a few months ago, and maybe he. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, he came up with the same idea. Yeah. He wants to. He wants <laughs> to federalize the the, the the league. He gives give more importance to teams in the provinces mm-hmm. because that that was never the case in Argentina. It's, it's no, more centralized. That's what we've discussed before. Yeah. Um, so who proposed this and, and, and who's pushing it? I don't have the answer to that yet because I wasn't I wasn't able to read a lot about that today. It's possibly something of a compromise, um, something like what Alpha originally pushed, and then realizing the clubs weren't all for it. Probably working their way towards a, a solution for everybody. So we'll keep you posted on that one. We will do. Um, for now, we're, we're going to end the, the live Twitter questioning. Um, and indeed, the podcasts uh, will be back same time and same place next week. Um, until then, we hope you all have very pleasant weeks and we'll be back to discuss, as I've already said, the, what, what looks like happening with Argentine sides in their last Libertadores group matches. Uh, and no doubt, a lot of other stuff that's going to be happening this weekend that we don't yet know about. Um, for now, it's goodbye from English Town. Goodbye. Through the smoke. Goodbye from Seba. Hasta luego, gracias. Goodbye from Australian Dan. Bye bye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.